and welcome back to episode 28 of Football Chance of Rants with the Plants with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we have come to the end of season one. Don't we sound like a right TV show when I talk about seasons? Um, yeah, so we're, we're talking now about quarter past six on the Sunday night. All the Premier League has finished. Quite nail-biting stuff towards the end, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna have a positive end to season one. We're going to be chatting about the Premier League matches, Championship, which is more drama, wasn't there, you'd say? Yeah, definitely. No rants today. We're going to be less grumpy and we're going to be uplifting and talk about all the positive stuff that's happened in football across all the leagues this year. So, well, we've got to talk about the Premier League start off. Obviously, went down to the wire with the bottom teams and in the end, Watford and Bournemouth have been relegated along with Norwich and Villa somehow. I think he said five and a half months are in the bottom three. Villa somehow have managed to claw themselves out and are going to be back in the Premier League for another season. Thoughts on Bournemouth and Watford going down, Dad? Uh, I think Bournemouth, I mean, uh, they played a lot of media, m- mediocre football, then came good at the very end, which was just too late. And then Watford, that whole thing with Nigel Pearson, Nigel Pearson, what was going on. So they just got a bit spooked at the end, I think. I think eventually it kind of came round and what the owners have been doing with the managers, you know, they've got a reputation for sacking managers so quickly. So unfortunately it came round to bite them in the arse a little bit. So yeah, like I said, Villa have now stayed up. Brighton ended up staying up, but they were always going to. But I think I said when during the lockdown that all looking at their fixtures, they might struggle. But to be fair, Brighton done really well. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about some of the top finishings. But Champions League was a big one that they were playing for. And Man United and Chelsea both had good wins on the day, didn't they? 2-0 for both teams. Chelsea was against Wolves. And Man U, that's a big result, 2-0 at Leicester. Where do you see those teams? We kind of talked about it before. Obviously, we've got... Man U third, Chelsea fourth in the Champions League slot. Either of those two pushing for the title next year? Uh, potentially United, perhaps. But you'd probably look at the points gap between City and Liverpool. You've got to still fancy City and Liverpool to be strong next year. Yeah, exactly. And I think transfers will be massive. And do you know what? Tottenham, Wolves and Arsenal all finished pretty well. We nearly went for Wolves going in the Champions League. They nearly got there, but um, 59 points, which is a great... End of the year for them. So Leicester, Tottenham and Wolves will all be in the Europa League, right? Five, six, seven? Yeah. Yeah. It was a good end to the season. Lots and lots of goals. Bournemouth, like, they came fighting back. 3-1 against Everton. City, I'll be talking a little bit more about them. 5-0 against Norwich. Newcastle, um, Liverpool, 3-1. So lots of goals for the final day. But... I think overall you can't really argue about who's gone down and teams have got relegated. The thing about the championship, it's so hard to get out of. Like All those teams now, how are they going to tackle the next month knowing that they're back in the championship? Bournemouth, Watford, Norwich, how's that going to be for them trying to get back out of it? Well, they'll be hanging on to the players if they can. Who who are the, some of the key players, would you say, from Bournemouth and Watford and Norwich? That I mean, we talked about Norwich last week. Bournemouth and Watford, anyone you think will be staying in the Premier League? Well, you got Josh King, I suppose. Yeah. Wilson's been linked with the team, so... Nathan Ake? Yeah, Nathan Ake, he's a good player, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, so, yeah, that's the summary for the Premier League. I can't believe it's finished. Obviously, it feels like a long, long season. But we're talking a little bit later about the Premier League. But um, those are teams that have gone down and Champions League slots are all being filled. <laughs> Well, the championship, I mean, what an end to a season. The Wednesday, the 22nd of July, uh, will go down in history, I think. The longest ever season, of course, because of the uh, delay. But what a fantastic last night. You couldn't imagine it, really. There's only one game out of all the fixtures on the last night 
that didn't have anything riding on it. That's Millwall true. versus Huddersfield was the only match that wasn't critical to somebody. And at the end of it all, of the clubs occupying the bottom five places with six games to go, not one of them was relegated. Wow. So it really was just total madness, really. At the top of the table, Brentford's incredible run there just choked a bit. West Brom hung on, of course, Leeds had already got there. I think the two incredible games were uh, Forrest and Stoke and Reading and Swansea. So that whole thing between Forrest and Swansea were... I mean, Forrest went into the night quite relaxed, I would imagine. Three points clear, five goal difference. Uh, Who would have thought that Stoke, with nothing to play for, would get a 96-minute own goal by De Costa to win 4-1? And then Swansea, a 91st-minute goal from uh, Routledge, uh, his second of the night, to win 4-1 at Reading. So even after the 90th minute, it all changed. So just incredible, really. What a fantastic, exciting finish to the season. Like I say, only one match that wasn't critical, so incredible, really. They've still got the playoffs to go, of course. Swansea, Brentford, Cardiff, Fulham, which gives you uh, the potential of a Welsh derby uh, (laughs) at Wembley or a uh, London derby at Wembley. So still lots and lots and lots to play play for there. So still exciting, really. Uh, And then finally, National League, just chipping in there, the National League. We've got the playoff for the National League, sees who goes up with Barrow. And you've got Harrogate, never been in the league before. That'd be a real uh, great story if they got up. Uh, and Notts County, who, of course, found the members of the league who found themselves in the National League. So they'll be desperate to get back up. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Does that kind of sum up the championship, the fact that all those matches, like I said, only one of them didn't count for anything, how close it is at the top and at the bottom? Yeah, I think so. I think I was good to see Leeds uh, finish really quite easily in the end, if yeah. you look at where they finished up. West Brom, of course, sneaks up. But, yeah, definitely... A good runner for them. The good thing about the uh, championship, because it's 46-game season and there's lots of midweek games, especially at the end there where they were back-to-back, back-to-back, you could see teams going up and down, up and down. So, yeah, really exciting, actually. And normally at this point in the podcast, we do some rants and get a little bit grumpy and say what's being annoying us about football. So for the last episode, we're going to be all positive and talk about things that we haven't had the chance to reflect on. So the first one that I wanted to look at happened obviously very recently. Well, the fact that we've got Dr. Marcus Rashford kind of, you know, shame the government into a U-turn on their policy, refusing to give 1.3 million vulnerable children free school meals over the summer holidays. And... For once, not for once, but a positive role model, a, a key footballer for a massive club like Man United, an inspiration for aspiring footballers to show that football and politics and government policies can actually go in hand and using the platform that he has as a, a very talented and a fantastic footballer to, to do some good. And um, apparently in his spare time, he's learned sign language and he's become the youngest person to achieve an honorary doctorate from the University of Manchester. So um, it's something that we haven't touched on, but just showing what you can do with the the influence that he has and being able to have an impact like that. Because I think a lot of people probably would have thought Marcus Rashford, he can't turn around a government policy, but he showed them how to do it. And do you reckon that's something that more footballers should be doing, have more of an impact on not just football itself? 
Uh, definitely, yeah, it's brilliant work from Rashford. Yeah, very good. But yeah, definitely they should be doing more of that, yeah. Yeah, and obviously with the Black Lives Matter, a lot of people have been uh, talking about that sterling. So I think we're finally seeing footballers having more of a positive influence on the younger generation when I think as someone that's grown up, well, both of us obviously grown up with football, you kind of, sometimes footballers get a bad reputation. So Marcus Rashford, Dr. Marcus Rashford doing some great things for football and for the UK in general. And I've gone for um, my first happy moment, I guess, is Leeds. So 16 years out of the top league, three years floundering in the first division, Division 1, back into the Premiership. And I think the thing that's fascinating there is they're a real old-fashioned club, great history, great support, fantastic level of support, really. What a shame that the fans couldn't see the last few matches Mm -hmm. because where they uh, just didn't quite do it last year. Remember, they lost at home to Wigan. Impossible to lose at home to Wigan 2-1, but they did. They won the last five matches, so uh, all that nervousness just disappeared and they played brilliantly towards the end. Compared to West Brom, they didn't win any of their last four matches, but they snuck up. So God bless Leeds and Bielsa. What a brilliant season. And um, let's hope we can get the fans back in the grounds because they will absolutely fill every ground. And yeah, go on Leeds, brilliant. I was only telling you earlier that I read something saying that Lionel Messi was saying that potentially the next manager of Barcelona could be Leeds manager. And the next player at Leeds could be Lionel Messi. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. They might swap over. That'd be a pretty easy swap. Some more happy stuff to talk about within football. Well... Yeah, I had to mention it. Man City, great. Ten glorious years at the club. He had his last Premier League match for Man City. 309th appearance. He's won four Premier League titles and 60 Premier League goals. Two FA Cups. We mentioned him in our midfielder episode back during lockdown. Of course, David Silva, 34 years old. And I mean, he's been a fantastic footballer for everyone to watch you know people who don't even support Man City can appreciate what a fantastic player is and I think it's going to be really hard for Man City to try and fill his boots people like Bernardo Silva Foden I mean it's not an easy feat to try and get David Silva out of your head when he's been playing for Man City for 10 years and he's been a wonderful player but do you think is he going to be able to win the Champions League he's never won it possibly I mean they've got a great chance they won uh, away at Real Madrid so they've got I mean, they've got a really good chance, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. So two on an aggregate. I think that's what would be the icing on the cake for him as a player. But like I said, we're doing this on Sunday night. So I haven't actually seen what the reaction's been since their match, um, which obviously they won very comfortably. Was it 5-0 in the end? Yeah, 5-0. Yeah. It's going to be a shame. It's going to be actually quite sad to see some of his calibre leave the Premier League. But, you know, we've still got De Bruyne. Um, in Man City and some other world-class players still left. So David Silva, 34 years old, and he's done fantastic for City and for the Premier League. Well, Foden should take his place, definitely. Yeah, do you reckon? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, with experience, with age, he'll he'll get there, but it's going to be hard. He's done well, has old David Silva. My second one's a real simple one, actually. It's just uh, Salford City, created by the old uh, Man United players, a club that's kept its roots. They've maintained from going to non-league to League Two last year. They got promoted, as you remember. They kept the prices of tickets the same, so they didn't get too above themselves. Kept the price of tickets the same. Yeah. Did really well, finished 11th in the table. And I just think something about that a team, non-league team, starting from scratch a few years ago, working their way through to the league and then uh, surviving and there to uh, put your money in them for going up next year because you never know. Salford City... 
Well done, Salford. Another another team established in the football league. Okay, so again, another positive thing for us to have a look at. You can't talk about the Premier League without mentioning who arguably will be, hopefully, I hope he is going to be manager of the year in the Premier League, Chris Wilder. We'll talk about whether he should or shouldn't at the end, but, um, you know, miraculous 11 months that he's had with Sheffield United, the results that they've achieved, and I think really importantly, the football that they've played and have kept going from the championship and just such a forward-thinking manager, when you think of Sheffield United, their overlapping centre-halves, and he's got players performing to their maximum. I think for any any manager to get every single player to perform at their best every match, which arguably they have nearly, um, has been fantastic for Chris Wilder. A lot of people, I had them as a team that wouldn't stay up. Um, I think we're reading the Jamie Redknapp or someone saying that 9 out of 11 pundits when they did their prediction said they wouldn't stay up. So it just shows how amazing he's done. And finished ninth. In the end, Arsenal and Tottenham did go above them, but 54 points. They're two points off Arsenal, three points off Tottenham at the end of the Premier League, which if you told any fan at the beginning, I reckon they would have bit your hand off and said, no, this wouldn't happen. But obviously the argument is Chris Wilder or Jurgen Klopp for manager of the year. Go on, who would, who would get your pick? Probably Klopp, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, that just, surprises me, actually. I think Wilder, if they got into, I think if they got into the Europa, Europa League, they probably would get it, but I think... One of those they say that what well, they play as a unit, a real sort of yeah. solid team. Yeah. Uh, no stars, brilliant actually. Yeah, that's true. Actually, when you think of you know Leicester when they had their fun, well winning league, lots of key individual characters and you know people like Vardy. But with Sheffield United, it does seem to be an all-round team performance every match that they play. So fingers crossed, you know they'll keep keep it going. I don't see why they wouldn't and have another fantastic season next year and you know I mean they'll be looking for the Europa League places that'll be their target so for I, I personally would say Chris Wilder for manager but yeah I mean Jurgen Klopp Liverpool finally winning the title it's gonna be close it's gonna be interesting. So my final one the positive stuff is back in League Two again and that's uh, you remember we did our best of the West was part of the feature this season and to reflect on in the League Two table when it finished Four out of the top five were West Country teams. Oh, right, yeah. So Swindon, Plymouth, Cheltenham and Exeter were four of the top five teams. And of course, Swindon and Plymouth went up. So a brilliant, brilliant performance from the West Country. And uh, yeah, what a fantastic, positive thing to finish on. Because historically, when you think of football, obviously most of the big teams are up north, aren't they? Bigger cities, things like that. But we've got it good down south. We've got some good teams coming through and lots to see. Lots of matches for us to go to next year if we in a... Yeah, definitely. If we get the chance. Right, we're going to do our last bandit of the week. We've enjoyed reflecting on people's hairstyles. I've kind of gone back for another one that I've already voted for in the past, but I'm I'm reusing it because he had a good match today and it's a massive result. But go on, who's be, who's your last barn of the week for the season? Well, I'm I'm going to a different discipline, which is maybe not allowed. But what's that mean? Well, I'm going to cricket. James what? James Anderson. No, why would you do that? Because he's a Burnley fan. He's a okay. big football fan. Okay. 
one of the famous Burnley fans, so yeah. he'll be uh, <laughs> thrilled with another good season for Burnley. And uh, just watching him, he's in the top four bowlers in the world history. <laughs> right. Uh, he's got this bandana thing going on, which I've never seen a fast bowler from are. Burnley wearing a bandana or whatever <laughs> it is before. But uh, yeah, they're all wearing them. So yeah, I thought as cricket's around the corner and football's finishing, I thought I'd swap over to cricket okay. and, and pick James Burnley Anderson <laughs> as my barnet of the week. To be fair, you have had the Queen as your barnet of the week, so yeah, and you're he's allowed. nearly as famous. <laughs> um, well, well, mine sounds pretty boring now in comparison to that. I've gone for Aston Villa legend Jack Grealish. I mean, his hair's always looking pretty good, isn't it? It's looked back. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of it, but in terms of barnets, it stands out and. Short back and sides and nice and greasy at the top. <laughs> Is that all right? Bit too greasy, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I know. So, and uh, Villa stayed up and as we've had, you know, the Aston Villa legend, David Cooper, son-in-law on the podcast, I thought we had to mention the fact that Jack Greedish kept them up and will he stay? That's a big question. Now they've stayed in the Premier League. Yes. Ooh, okay. He's going to stay low. He is Capitano, isn't he? So, um... Hey, those were our last two Barnets of the week. An interesting Jimmy Anderson and Jack Grealish. I've got to say that I think, is it Gareth Ainsworth from last week? Is that his name? Yeah, the Wickham <laughs> manager yeah. from Blackburn, actually. Yeah. Typical Blackburn yeah. haircut. Yeah, him and the Queen are probably two of my favourites. I think overall you actually probably win on Barnets of the week than me. Definitely. Right, that's it for this week and this whole season. Oh my gosh. Next season, what would it be, 2021? Is that how they classify it? 21-22. Will it? Or 2021. 2021, I yeah, think don't September, get ahead of no, 2020. 2021. Oh yeah, I don't know if we'll be going 21-22. Might end up 20-21-22, <laughs> the way it's going. What, what have you enjoyed most about this podcast, Dad? Has it been spending time with me? Well, no, reflecting on football, probably. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's okay. Right, wonderful. Well, um, yeah, we'll we'll be back. Hopefully, well, we will be back when the new season starts. We've got a nice month off now to do whatever we like on the Sunday. No podcast for a while, eh? Research all the stadiums we might be able to go to next year. Yeah, exactly. Get our hopes up. Well, thank you very much to everyone that's been listening, and we'll be back for season two very shortly. We're giving the people what they want, eh?